Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now looking at Divrei Hamim Bet Perek Tet. And this podcast will bring us to the conclusion of Malchut Shlomo, which has been the focus of these first nine chapters of the second division of Sefer Divrei Hamim. And it uh, concludes, uh, much as the story of Shlomo in Sefer Malachim, uh, comes near its conclusion with the story of the visit of Malkat Shiva, which seems to be the pinnacle of what all of uh, Shlomo's Machut was about, building a place of great glory uh, and wisdom which would attract people and kings from afar to come and see the greatness of Hashem uh, as uh, as is reflected in his kingdom, in his beautiful Beit HaMikdash, uh, and in the glory of Yerushalayim. Malkat Shiva, Shamat Shema Shlomo. So the Queen of Shiva. Shiva is a kingdom, uh, on the Arabian Peninsula, somewhere in the area of Yemen today. Heard the rumors of Shlomo. She came to test him out with riddles. Evidently she came to see if he was as great as she had heard. She came with uh, a large army. And of course, to bring proper tribute, camels that brought uh, lots of spices and precious jewels. She came to Shlomo and she spoke with him and threw at everything that was on her heart, meaning all of the questions that she had. Shlomo answered all of her questions. He literally told her all of her matters. There was nothing kept from him, meaning nothing he was not able to answer. Asher lo higila that he that he didn't tell her. Vatera malkatshva et chokmach tomo. She saw his wisdom, understood his wisdom. Vabayit asher banan. She saw the beautiful house that he built. Uh, evidently, this is a re- reference to the his own palace, as we'll see. Umachal shulchano and the food that is on his table. Moshav avadav where his servants stood. Umamad meshartav and where his his courtiers stood and where his servants stood to serve him. Umal bushehem umashkav umal bushehem. Um, their, his own, uh, butlers and their clothes. And the path that he had built to go up to Beit Hashem. And she was without spirit. She couldn't speak. She was, uh, floored by all of this. Uh, as you can see, the house that she did see was the palace and the road that went up to the Beit HaMikdash. What I heard in my country, was true, regarding you and regarding your wisdom. I did not believe any of it until I came and I saw with my own eyes. And I wasn't even told half of the greatness of your wisdom. In other words, what I heard wasn't even half as great as real. You, you have added on to the rumors that I've heard. And then she starts praising. She praises his people. And, ha- and, and happy are your servants. Who stand in front of you at all times. They get to hear your wisdom all the time. To be a member of Shlomo's court means a constant uh, environment and exposure to great wisdom. Your God should be blessed. 
who desired you and placed you on his throne to be the king, to your God. As your God loved Yisrael to stand that throne up forever, and he put you over them as a king to do uh, justice, uh, to do righteousness and justice. Now, this is an echo of what Chiram has said, or Churam, uh, in blessing God for choosing Shlomo, uh, and um, and is a, a great sign of uh, of acceptance and acknowledgement on the part of these foreign kings of the greatness of Shlomo that reflects the greatness of God. That was her. Those were her words. She gives the king 120 talents of gold. We heard about all of the spices, and the jewels. There was never either as great a gift or as much as many different spices together as uh, as she gave Shlomo. And now we move away from Malkachva, and we hear about the servants of Quram and the servants of Shlomo, they also brought gold. They brought gold from Ophir, which is also on the Arabian coast. They had brought aloe trees and precious jewels. And the king took the wood of the aloe trees and made paths to go up to the Beit HaMikdash and to the palace. And he made harps and lyres for the singers. And these singers don't, aren't the Levi'im. That was already made by David, those, uh, those uh, instruments. But these are for the king. There had never been seen such great uh, instruments uh, beforehand in the land of Yehuda. And now the king gave the queen of Shva all of her desire uh, that she requested. Uh, now, that's not ref- referring to her the answers to her questions, because that we already heard. Evidently, it's referring to uh, tribute, and we don't know what it is she requested, but she got it. Besides what she brought to the king, he also gave her. And she turned around and went back to her land, she and all of her courtiers. Um, and the v'tafoch here is also alluding to the fact that there was a swapping of gifts. Now we hear about Shlomo's wealth, the amount of gold that came to Shlomo in one year from all of his um, uh, different uh, areas that gave him tribute and where the slaves were able to go and get them. 666 talents of gold. That's besides... um, um the people who would who would who would uh, travel and who would do business who would bring other gold and all of the kings of the Arabian peninsula that area and all of the governors who would bring tribute brought gold and silver to Shlomo. He made two hundred shields made out of uh, out of uh, processed gold, Sheshmiot Zahav Shachut, there were 600, um, um, shekel of, as weight of Zahav Shachut, Yalat Zenachat, for each one of these shields. Ushloshmiot Maginim Zahav Shachut, uh, 300, 
um, of these uh, of these other kind of uh, shields. There was three hundred shekel for each one. He put them into his palace. He also made a great throne out of marble, or ivory. And he covered it with gold, with pure gold. Like he say, there were six steps up to the throne. There were uh, there were six steps going up to the throne, and there was a ramp of gold that was anchored on to the uh, to the throne. And there were uh, arms on each side of the throne where you sit. There were two lions that were made. Uh, we're standing one next to each one of these uh, armrests. And there were twelve lions that were on the six steps, one on each side at each step. There never was such a thing made for any other kingdom. All of his uh, serving um, uh, pieces for drink were made out of gold. All of the Vessels used in his palace were made out of gold, and kesef nechshav shlomo lemuuma. Silver was not even considered in Shlomo's time. And again, we get the reason that he's got these seafarers who are going to distant lands and bringing back gold and silver. So there are, we, so far we had from the north, we heard about Hiram's gift, and we heard about Malkat Shva, and in that area, Ophir. And now we hear in the Mediterranean that the king had, and the boats, we remember he got those boats from Huram, that they go to Tarshish, which is somewhere in the Mediterranean. We know that from the story of Yonad, from other places, we are uh, very uh, unclear where Tashish is, whether it's close by in Turkey or as far away as Gibraltar or somewhere in between. Im avde Huram, they travel with Huram's sailors, uh, literally his servants, but we heard about their sailors. Once every three years, these Oniyot uh, Tashish, these uh, these boats that would go to Tashish came back, and Osod Zahab Achesef come back with gold and silver, Shen Habim Vekofim Vetukiim come back with marble and with, uh, and with, um, with, uh, monkeys and with exotic birds. Vaigdal Hamelech Shlomo Mikol Machei Aretz, La Osher Vachochma, and the Shlomo the king came, became greater than all of the kings of the world in his wealth and in his wisdom. Just to clarify, the Shen Habim just mentioned evidently uh, is understood to mean uh, ivory. Uh, the words actually mean elephants. It's an elephant to tusk uh, material. Um, all the kings of the world are look, are, want an audience with Shlomo. Here is wisdom. And again, the emphasis, this is wisdom that God has given him. This is bring glory to God. Every one of them brought their own tribute. Silver vessels, gold vessels, garments, and also spices, and also uh, horses and mules. Every year these would come. Or Urvotim Malachim Susimu Markavote had four thousand stables for horses and chariots, Sushemasar Elf Parashim and twelve thousand riders. Venechim Barea Rechev, we heard in the previous parak about the cities that were set aside for uh for these. Uh they they put them there, and some of them were in Mushalim with the king. Vahimoshel Bacholam Lachim. He ruled over all the kings meaning all the kings that were in that territory, Minham Nahar, from the Euphrates, Vad Eretz Plishtim, 
all the way to Pleshet, all the way to the border of Egypt. So essentially everything between the Eastern Empire and Egypt was controlled by Shlomo. And silver was given out like stones in Yerushalayim. He used cedar wood like the sycamores are used in the Shvela, in the lowlands of Yehuda, where it's known to be an Eretz Shikmim, a land full of sycamores, gave them out. And they brought horses from Egypt to Shlomo and from all the different countries. The Susimim Mitzrayim, of course, is the beginning of an ominous tone. As we know, the king is not allowed to have too many horses because it will create a dependence on trade with Egypt. All of Shlomo's words, both the early and the late, we just read about his glory and his and his wealth. They're written in the words of Natan Hanavi, which we will now suppose is the first part of Sefer Malachim. And the prophecy of Achiyahashiloni, who we will meet, who was of course critical in the in what happens after Shlomo dies and the division of the kingdom. Which is Ido Hachose. So Achiyashiloni and Ido. Hanavi wrote prophecies about Yeravam, who we'll meet in the next parak, um, <coughs> and that means that Shlomo, like David, had his words written down by a composition of three Nevi'im. David had Shmuel, God, and Natan, and, Shl- and Shlomo has Natan, Achiyah, and Ido. And he ruled for 40 years, which of course puts him in that category with the uh, the great Shoftim, a ruler for 40 years. And, and of course, like David. Shlomo lay with his fathers, literally, which means to be buried next to his father, but it's an, an idiom for uh, uh, for death, and a euphemism for death, and he was buried in the city of his father, and the one who took over for him was Rechavam, and from here on we will hear about the continued uh, dynasty of Malchibet David and what befalls them, and of course, we're going to hear right at the beginning about the splitting of the kingdom. But uh, in the meantime, uh, this is the conclusion of the story of Machut Shlomo. We'll pause at this point and see you in the next podcast. Everybody should have a wonderful day.